Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. My name is Jude Hennessy, and I hope you're enjoying what we've now entered into, which is the Easter season. Easter Sunday last weekend, and we now have a long period of celebration in the Catholic Church, and realistically, we're we're all called to joy in whatever denomination you are. Well, this is this is really emphasising that and stressing that in this Easter season with uh, lots of great celebrations. And this Sunday is right around the world in, in the Catholic Church known as Divine Mercy Sunday, where we realise and embrace that because of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, you know, the, the, the resurrection is critical too in, in the midst of it. Without that, there's not truly the forgiveness and the salvation and the drawing into relationship with, uh, with Jesus. So it's known as Divine Mercy Sunday and celebrated as such right around the world. More about that in a moment. You're going to love what our presenters have got to say. Um, you're going to be hearing from, let me hear from my boss, Bishop Brian Mascord. He's going to be bringing you his Easter message that was shared with, with people right around our, our diocese of Wollongong, which he's called the Divine Gardener. It'll make sense why, but it's essentially because when Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb, she, she in a grief mistakes Jesus for, for a gardener. And, and often Jesus was was presented in that form in many early paintings in, of the resurrection. So he's going to talk about that and, and uh, make some really beautiful points about how the divine gardener is trying to, to plant good things, beautiful things within us. So that'll be from, from Bishop Brian. Going to be hearing from the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton. He's got some reflections on this uh, very popular TV show called Outlast, the story of people that have been dropped into the Alaskan wilderness. He's going to draw a great analogy about us being need to be focusing on the main things, and the main thing, obviously, is Jesus. Pete Gilmore is going to say some really cool stuff about uh, St Thomas, who's often called Doubting Thomas, which is pretty harsh. This is a, this is a guy who was very courageous, certainly died for his faith and Pete's going to give us a bit of a correction and reorientation there and point to the fact that God does want us to, to ask the hard questions when we don't understand stuff and to be pragmatic sometime in working through things in our faith and questions we've got. Mother Hilda's got wisdom from the Abbey. She's got a, a beautiful story about St Bede and it's called St Bede's Angels. I'm not going to say too much more than that but oh, it's a very powerful story very much points to what God's calling us to be like too, particularly when uh, when people might use us or trick us. But to kick us off, we're going to hear from Father John Corrigan. He's from he's from Ballarat. He's a good fella. And um, for Divine Mercy Sunday, he's going to tell us the story that's little known about Rudolf Hess, who, who had been the commandant of the Otswich prison camp, been sentenced to death, and he was held in a, a Polish prison and just days leading into his death, he, he asked to see one of the surviving Jesuit priests. Many priests were killed in, in the Oshwish camp, one of them who survived. He asked, to, he asked to see him. He was led down a journey of, of reconciliation and seeking God's forgiveness, um, which is apparently incredibly powerful, um, very little known. But again, just showing the depth of God's infinite mercy, no matter what we've done. We're going to dive into that now. We're going to hear the gospel read to us, John 20, 19 to 31. Um, how Jesus again came and stood amongst them. And then for this Divine Mercy Sunday, Father John Corrigan's going to talk about just the limitless depths of God's mercy. Born out in this story about Rudolf Hest. It's hard to swallow, isn't it, sometimes when people who've done 
ridiculous thing, the notion that God might actually be able to forgive them is something that we balk at, and yet that's the nature of who God is. Lots of great music. We'll hear from Keith and Kristen Getty after that. Come, people of the Risen King. Lots to get through in the show. And it's a really good one. I hope you, hope you love it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. It's Divine Mercy Sunday. And you are on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Thomas, called the twin, who was one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. When the disciples said, We have seen the Lord, he answered, Unless I see the holes that the nails made in his hands and can put my finger into the holes they made, and unless I can put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe. Eight days later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. The doors were closed, but Jesus came in and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he spoke to Thomas. Put your finger here. Look, here are my hands. Give me your hand and put it into my side. Doubt no longer, but believe. Thomas replied, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You believe because you can see. Happy are those who have not seen and yet believe. There were many other signs that Jesus worked and the disciples saw, but they are not recorded in this book. These are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that, believing this, you may have life through his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, the Gospel Reflection with Father John Corrigan. Auschwitz, probably the most notorious concentration camp in all of history. And the man in charge of Auschwitz was Rudolf Hirsch. Under his leadership, three million prisoners were killed. Survivors of Auschwitz called him an animal. Not just an evil man, but an animal. A year after the war was ended, Hearst was captured in Germany and tried for war crimes. He was sentenced to death, and the court declared that Hearst should be executed at Auschwitz. And Hearst was terrified, not of dying, but of life in Polish prisons where he would be at the mercy of guards whose relatives he had killed. And he had already endured the cruelty of his British captors. So he fully expected his Polish guards to torture him. And sure enough, he was placed into custody of Polish guards who were personally impacted by his crimes. And some of them could show him the tattoo they received as prisoners in Auschwitz. But the guards treated him humanely. He was astonished. They showed him mercy. Mercy 
is love we do not deserve. And this was the moment of his conversion. Hurst was brought up Catholic, but he renounced the faith as a teenager. And now, moved by the mercy of his Polish guards, he asked for a priest. The priest who answered his request had a personal history with Hurst. Father Lone was a Jesuit whose entire community had perished in Auschwitz. Father Lone was spared only because he was away at the time of arrest. And when he sought entry to the camp to join his confreres, Hurst refused and sent him packing. So Father Lone was called. He spent several hours with Hurst. And at the end, Hurst received absolution. The animal of Auschwitz was told, the Lord has freed you from your sins. Go in peace. After his death, a letter Hurst wrote was published in Poland's newspapers. And in this letter he wrote, I have come to the bitter recognition that I have sinned gravely against humanity. I caused unspeakable suffering. May the Lord God forgive me. I ask the Polish people for forgiveness. In Polish prisons, I experienced for the first time what human kindness is. Despite all that has happened, I've experienced humane treatment which I could never have expected and which has deeply shamed me. And this story is an outstanding example of divine mercy for two reasons. In the first place, it demonstrates the boundless limits of God's mercy. It does not matter what any of us have done. God will forgive us. But in the second place, this story demonstrates the transformative power of mercy. Mercy changes people. That's a power that you and I have received from the Holy Spirit. The mercy we show others transforms the world. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. There's a beautiful story told about the Venerable Bede. As you may know, Bede was a monk in Northumbria. He died about 735 AD, having been in the monastery since he was about seven years of age. Though he never left his monastery, or England for that matter, he amassed a great deal of knowledge and earned the title Father of English History. He also wrote a very great deal on all manner of subjects, including his favourite, the Scriptures. He spoke fluent Hebrew, Greek and of course Latin. He lived to be an old man and as such was pretty much blind in his last years, but his enthusiasm for the things of God never wavered. One day, not long before his death, so the story goes, some young louts, they had them even then, came to him and said, Father Bede, Father Bede, a big group of people have just arrived and they're waiting for you in the church. They want you to speak to them about the word of God. There was no hesitation in Bede. He shuffled off on his walking stick, feeling his familiar way to the church and to the pulpit. He climbed the stone stairs and began to expound on a section of Luke's Gospel. What Bede didn't know, however, because his eyesight was so bad, was that, except for the laughing louts down the back, the church was empty. He had been had, and the louts were enjoying their apparent triumph. However, their laughing died away when Bede finished, because, as the story goes... A whole choir of angels filled the church and they called out, Amen, Amen, Venerable Bede. It occurs to me that very often we too say or do things that to all intents and purposes seem to be of little value. We get taken for a ride and someone asks us for help. They use us or our kindnesses are not repaid or a letter we have gone to a lot of trouble to write is not answered or appreciated. There are so many things like that that look small, but to us, they're not. And in their apparent uselessness, we feel had. Yet, knowing how dear you are to God, I will stake my life on the fact that a choir of angels in God's name call out in your house and on your street or on the bus or in the shopping mall. Amen, amen, and call your name. Listen for them this week. Thanks so much there to Mother Hilda Scott. A piece this week that she entitled for us, St Bede's Angels. St Bede who lived in the 8th century. That beautiful story of the angels applauding him and extolling him for the preaching that he was doing and how they would do the same for us whenever we do something in good faith and good intention in God's name. After the break, you're going to hear the Easter message from my boss, Bishop Brian Mascord. He's the the Bishop of Wollongong. That's where this show comes from and goes right around Australia. We're so humbled to think that this, uh, this show is getting played in over 30 radio stations now right around Australia. It's listened to by thousands of people in a podcast each and every week. And it's a real joy that Bishop Brian at this time is going to talk to us via his Easter message about the divine gardener who is Jesus. 
That's coming up after the break. Bit of music though, his Ren Collective, Your Name is Power. We'll have some Chris Tomlin in the mix as well. And Bishop Brian will be on after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm so pleased you've joined us this week on Divine Mercy Sunday on the journey.
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. You called me from the grave by name You called me out of all my shame I see the old is passed away The new has come Now
with his Easter message entitled The Divine Gardener, here's the Bishop of Wollongong, Brian Mascord. In the first preface for Easter, we hear the words, At all times to acclaim you, O Lord, but on this day above all, to lord you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. Through this celebration of Easter, we are overcome with paschal joy, and our churches resound with celebration and praise to our God, whose love has destroyed death forever and filled us with the life of the resurrection. This Easter celebration beckons us to approach the empty tomb and encounter the risen Jesus, the true Lamb who has taken away the sins of the world. It is no accident that St. John's account of Easter tells us that his crucifixion and burial occurred in the same garden. For to meet the risen Jesus, we cannot bypass the cross. Our celebration occurs in the shadow of the cross, and Christ's victory for us, evidenced by the empty tomb. We cannot have one without the other. On that first day of the week when Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb, she, in her grief, mistakes the risen Jesus for a gardener. Perhaps Mary was not mistaken. In many sacred artworks depicting this scene, Jesus is shown with the weeping Mary, a shovel or spade in hand, as if he is already set to work. But what is he working on? Jesus becomes a gardener, not of a physical place, but of our hearts. Just as Adam, through the curse of sin, was destined to work the land for food, Jesus, the new Adam, through his victory over sin, becomes our food. Jesus, the divine gardener, comes to dwell in us, nourishing and feeding, pruning the branches that have become wild, and binding up all that is weak and broken, because he loves us, and sees in us a garden that can and will bear fruit under the guidance of his gentle hand. He does this for us individually, but he also tends the garden of our communities. Will we let him make something ever more beautiful within us? Will we allow him to transform, nourish, guide and heal us? Can we become a place that draws people to the good news of the garden where sin and death were conquered by love himself? Is this not what it means to be bearers of Christ's love? My prayer for you and us this Easter season is that we would allow the divine gardener to do in us what he did for those disciples who had walked from the cross and discovered the empty tomb. Till the soil of our hearts and communities and allow us to bear fruit in his timing. May he who has risen from the dead and alive in our church bless you all at this time and always. I wish you God's blessing at this Easter time. This is Brian Mascord, the Bishop of Wollongong, wishing you every happiness in this great and holy season. God bless everyone. Thanks so much to Bishop Brian Mascord there. The Divine Gardener was uh, his Easter message shared with congregations right around the Diocese of Wollongong and, and now with you right around Australia. And what a beautiful message to understand and embrace the fact that Jesus, the Divine Gardener, has come to dwell in us, nourish us, feed us, prune us, turn us into something beautiful for God. After the break, we're going to hear a little bit about the faith of Thomas. 
often hear the word doubt associated with St Thomas, doubting Thomas. Well, Pete Gilmore's going to challenge that, and rightfully so, I think. That's after the break. First up, though, here's the Newsboys and the song I Speak Jesus. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every strong
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. You've probably heard of the Apostle Thomas, who famously told the other disciples, unless I can see the holes that the nails made in his hands and can put my finger into the holes they made, unless I can put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe. You see, the stories were beginning to circulate and people were talking about their experiences of seeing the risen Jesus, eating with Jesus and encountering Jesus, but Thomas didn't buy it. And from this single moment, Thomas became known as Doubting Thomas. Never mind the fact that when Jesus was planning to return to Judea, there were credible threats to his life. And Thomas said, let us also go that we may die with him. You see, Thomas was all in on Jesus, so much so that he was willing to die with and for him. But he just didn't get what Jesus meant when he said he would come again. It's Thomas's question, how can we know the way that gives us one of, if not the best, description of who Jesus is? Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So how did Thomas go from courageous disciple to poster boy for doubt? Well, firstly, because the New Testament Greek word for unbelief gets mistaken for doubt. And and secondly, because we don't make space in our relationship with Jesus to ask him the hard questions, as if being in need of hope, healing, faith, a miracle are problems that Jesus might scoff at. Imagine, if you will, a local GP, and in the waiting room is a long line of healthy people who are all just queuing up to tell the doctor how little they need. No, in many ways... Thomas is someone whose example we should follow. Thomas was struggling with unbelief, but his solution was more Jesus, not less. To ask for something incredible, rather than lowering his expectations of what he thought was possible. To not go with the crowd, even if it's a good crowd. And to say to God, no, I need to meet you here and in this place. Jesus is ready to meet us in our need, being the good doctor that he is. Are we ready and willing to call out to him? Thanks so much to Pete Gilmore there. Love the way he's just challenged the notion that Thomas was a doubter because he was actually a very courageous disciple, apostle, and how we all should feel confident in our relationship with Jesus that he will reveal answers to the hard questions if we don't know the answers to them and ask the hard questions, Lord, I don't understand, and how the Spirit and the Church will form us in, in understanding things that are, that are difficult to comprehend. I love his prayer at the end, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. As Pete says, how that unbelief gets mistaken in the Greek translation, well, doubt gets mistaken for for unbelief. God can work within the midst of our our doubts. It's a very different thing to, to a hard heart, which is unbelieving or not wanting to believe. After the break, Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton, from down at Bathurst Way, he's a great fella, He's going to give us a reflection about that TV show, I think it's on SBS, called Outlast. It's a story about 16 people dropped into the Alaskan wilderness. He's going to draw some comparisons about the Christian life associated with that show. First up, some more music. We've got some Carrie Underwood and Faith, Hope, Love and Life. My name's Jude Hennessy. We're getting near the end on this Divine Mercy Sunday, but you're still on the journey. God sends his son They called him Jesus He came to love 
on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness and now here's the bush deacon josh clayton i've just started watching a new series on netflix it's one of those shows that you watch because it's a little bit different to what you normally live but then you start realizing maybe it isn't it's actually called outlast it has 16 people that are dropped into the alaskan wilderness And then they have to journey, form alliances and live a life without the resources and the people and everything that they normally would have around them. It's very challenging, but it made me think of the importance of us being united as a community, but also of working with others, especially our God. My mind was also taken to the beginning of the the Gospel of Matthew, of, of that great moment of the proclamation by John the Baptist of Jesus. It's an interesting thing. We normally associate this gospel, this piece of scripture with, with Advent, with, with times of preparing for the coming of Jesus uh, at Christmas. But 
I started thinking about how it is so very important that we reflect on how we are making the path straight for Jesus, for God in our everyday life. It's not just about doing it at the end of the year where it's nice and warm and we're all very happy, but it's about in the ordinary, making sure our path is straight. Each of us, for many different reasons, have times in the wilderness. We might be might not be dropped off in the Alaskan wilderness like some, but we have moments where we need to orientate ourselves and determine what we really need to live, what's important, what's going to give us life, what's going to help us to be who we're meant to be. We are in a time where we're challenged. We're challenged in our faith. We're challenged in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're challenged at times to be faithful, to be faithful to our God, whether in times of prayer or in moments where we help and encounter those that need assistance in the wilderness. John the Baptist did important work. He allowed others to see the great message that Jesus had. How do we feel about that for ourselves? Are we proclaiming Jesus to those we encounter? We're not in the wilderness. We're not in Alaska, but we do have those moments where we're called to do exactly the same thing. Reorientate ourselves towards God. Make sure the path in our heart is as straight as possible and that we keep what the main thing is, the main thing, Jesus Christ. Mountain top to see your kingdom come.
That was Reuben Morgan and the song My Redeemer Lives, and he does. He's risen from the dead, conquered the grave, set us free for life eternal. Beautiful line in a lot of the, the Easter hymns, death, where is your sting? Fear, where is your grip? We should live like that. There is in the end nothing really to fear if we hold on to Christ. Thanks to the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton there, who uh, asked us to make sure that our path in our heart is as straight as possible and keep focusing on the main thing, which is which is Jesus. Keep reorienting ourselves to Jesus, pulling out uh, that compass in particular, which so often is the Word of God. Thanks to, to Josh, thanks to Pete Gilmore, to Bishop Brian Mascord, to Mother Hilda Scott and uh, Father John Corrigan right at the top of the show who spoke so powerfully. What a, what a great insight there into Divine Mercy Sunday. Don't forget, you can go back and hear all of this stuff again or you might have missed part of the show or there might be something you want to pass on to someone else. Just go to jcr.org.au. You can check it all out there. The whole show's there. The, the little pieces from individual presenters are there and you can, you can click on those and you can copy links and send them to people who you think might benefit from hearing them. I know a lot of people use them sometimes for, for small group in midweek of churches and, and, you know, for at the basis of some Bible studies. We don't mind how you use it. We just love the fact that people can access it and uh, and listen again and again and pass on some good stuff to other people. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We've loved bringing it to you. Big cheerio and thank you to all of our partnering radio stations who take the show each and every week. We hope it's blessing you and blessing your listeners, and um, we'll be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you have been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.